Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. The NBA draft is just days away. By the time you hear this show, we will know which players will be going to which teams within the two rounds of the draft that we'll be watching on television. The commission is going to make this clear to you guys right now. I can care less. Now, I'm not saying this to be diabolical or to be mean-spirited. I'm not trying to be a you-know-what. It's just the point that I see no reason right now, as of this moment, in 2023, to be concerned about the NBA draft. I don't know who's in the draft. Outside of this young man coming from France, Victor Wambanyama, I believe I said it right. Victor Wimbanyama. Outside of him, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, I don't know anybody coming into this draft. I don't know anybody. Now, a lot of this could stem from the fact that we in society have found other ways to get into the NBA. Once upon a time, we had to play basketball through college to get to the NBA. We can remember many greats because of the time they spent in college to get themselves to the pros. These days, you ain't got to do that no more. You can only spend but maybe a year in college before you end up going to the NBA. And for many people that really feel as though they're that good, that they can just go right to the NBA, what's the point of even going to college? People in what they call the G Leagues now, which is... Basically, a, 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 this is a, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, 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 it's a stepping stone between going from high school basketball to professional basketball without eliminating yourself because of the lack of experience from not playing college basketball. So essentially, this is purgatory if you're talking about trying to get to the top of where you want to be in professional basketball where you don't have to go to college. And even if you do go to college, it may not have to be a four-year school. This is the direction that the NBA is right now. It's taken on its own climate shift. It's taken on a new wave of how we now perceive professional basketball. But what's missing from this, outside of the obvious, is the fact that we have young men finding their way through different leagues, different institutions, different entities to get them to the point where now we're looking at Detroit, we're looking at LA, we're looking at all these other big time sports venues, New York, California, to see what we can do to get these guys to the NBA and for what? We don't know them. We don't know what they're capable of outside of what they did in the G League. Now, I am not in any way, shape, or form knocking the G League. I understand that there's a job that needs to be done, and there are those that that have a job to do. The idea, the mission, is to make sure that every young man is prepared for when they go into the NBA by any means necessary. But what the commission is harping on is the fact we're taking away the element of education. We're taking away the element of experience. We're taking away the element of foundation. The the, the, the element that we have to have these guys structured for their big job, which is, of course, 
the National Basketball Association. It's not so much the fact that going to the G League won't prepare you. But in the world of education, the G League is very much like getting your GED. It's only so much that we can show you on that level to prepare you for the NBA, but it won't guarantee a long experience with this job. It will not guarantee you time in the NBA. This will only be a foot in the door for you guys. You make your millions, boom, and then you take off. What's hurting the NBA is the fact that we've got young men taking off with no structure, no education. Now, it's not to say they can't be educated with time. You can always go back to school and get your degree. That's fine. But what do we have to go on in the NBA to say that the next several years of basketball will be fulfilling? Nikola Jokic wins the finals MVP. Rightfully so. Respectfully so. We don't know much about Nikola Jokic, do we? But he has a reason. He has an excuse. Before he came over here to play basketball, he played for his country, Serbia. Let's think back a few years when Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, won his NBA title. Did anybody see him play at Duke? Anybody see him play at UConn? Anybody see him play at UCLA? Anybody see him play at North Carolina? No. Why? Because he did not attend those schools. And if he did attend those schools, it wasn't for long. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, these young men had to go through their own systems to make them where they are now in the NBA. The point I'm making is this. We could do the same here within this country if we really gave you-know-what about education. If we really gave a you-know-what about education, we can remember the greats. What can we remember about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewan, Charles Barkley, Karl Malone? We can remember these guys outside of what the accomplishments were in the NBA. They all went to school. They all understood that in order for us to succeed in the NBA, there need to be structure. Life's about structure. What we do in the future, our jobs is about structure. They don't hire anybody to work a job. They're not just hiring anyone. Not everybody can play in the NBA. But it's amazing that with this draft coming up, I don't know a soul outside of Victor Wembanyama. I don't know a soul outside of what I know of, Brandon Miller. And a lot of that had nothing to do with education. We cannot get hung up in this whole facade that the only way that you can play in the NBA is if you take shortcuts to get into the NBA. There is no shortcut in the NBA. Not everybody is made out to play professional basketball, and that's fine. That should be accepted. But if we're trying to avoid going through college, if we're trying to avoid playing NCAA basketball, then what are we preparing these guys for? Because essentially, what that basically says is that the career in this league is not long. Before long, your big name may not stand out long enough 
to say that you have a spot on this bench going into next season. See, we can all say that now because these guys are relatively young and most of them are talented enough to play basketball. However, not everybody's going to become the MVP of the NBA. If we look over the last three years of, of the NBA Finals, Milwaukee Bucks, Golden State Warriors, and now the Denver Nuggets, nobody went to Duke. Nobody came out of UNC, UCLA. Nobody played at UConn, Kentucky, Kansas. None of these guys succeeded from these schools. There is a separation. There is a wedge between what we're looking for now in the newest, latest talent. Everybody's trying to find a new LeBron James. And for what we can remember of the days of old when we saw these greats play basketball and win championships. Michael Jordan won six championships, but he gave recognition. He gave respect. He gave notoriety to the fact that if it weren't for Dean Smith, he would not be in this position. Now, for the young people out there listening to this show, look up Dean Smith. D-E-A-N-S-M-I-T-H. Look up Dean Smith and try to find out the importance. Look him up to see what made Michael Jordan the person that he is today. Now, Michael Jordan could say, well, a lot of it stems from what my parents did for me, and that's fine. But the structure of playing basketball didn't come from their parents. It didn't come from Michael Jordan's parents. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the structure of playing basketball didn't come from his parents. It came from John Wooten. Look up John Wooten today. Google him. I know everybody likes to Google him. Google him. Find out more about this man. He's the reason why college basketball is such the powerhouse today, or was. Because people had to engage. Young men had to engage at least three years. Now, that, 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 that may not necessarily be back in the 70s. Maybe you didn't have to wait three years to go play professional basketball. But there weren't many people saying, I'm leaving for the NBA after a season of basketball. There's not many young men back in that time period that said after a year of playing college basketball, I'm ready for the pros. Michael Jordan was in his sophomore year before he realized, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to take my talents to the NBA. But this came after winning a title with North Carolina. We're not seeing that today. Because we're looking more at the dollar signs than we are the experience before going pro. You look at Steph Curry today, a lot of that stems from, what, hard work? His background with his father? But he didn't go to Duke either. But there had to be structure in place for him to get to this point. He did go to a small school called Davidson. He did do well there, be selected in the draft. And look where he is now some time later. See, a lot of that stems from structure, the background. It also comes with the experience. You don't win a title in three years after leaving school. Now, there may be some that do, but they're not starting players. Nikola Jokic understood, went to Serbia. 
but he still had to wait nearly 10 years before he won himself a championship. Eight years he's been in the league, but it had to take that long for him to win a championship. Same thing can be said about Antetokounmpo. We can say the same thing about Steph Curry. We can say the same thing about Michael Jordan. It's the time that's put into the NBA to make you successful. It doesn't come overnight, and it doesn't come from being in the G League. I'm saying this not so much as an advocate, but for a person that's been watching these young men develop over time, there is no substitute for education. There is no substitute for that involvement in playing college basketball. In order for us to play professionally, we either have to play collegiately or have played years professionally, just within a different a different venue. You look at the international players that come over here, Luka Doncic, and as I already mentioned, Jokic, Antetokounmpo, they played years of playing professionally in their country. So when they come here to the NBA, you know, they, they making the highlight reels. We're wooing and wowing over this, but they had to go through years of preparation, years of practice, years of devotion to make themselves superstars, to make themselves MVPs. That's what we're looking for in today's NBA. We're not going to get that if you just happen to come from the G League. And it's not to knock the G League again. I understand you're preparing these young men for the NBA, but let's not, let's not discount. Let's not discount what college basketball really means in this day and age. There have been players recently. The most recent player I can think of is a young man from Purdue. I believe his name is Zach Eady. He was supposed to go into the draft, but then he probably realized with the help of his family and perhaps the University of Purdue, shout out to them, that you're not ready for the NBA. You need more time. You need more structure here at Purdue to prepare yourself for the NBA. And this is what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen. I know we're trying to get our young men into the NBA as fast as we can, but we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be so fast to say, hey, you can earn millions of dollars knowing that that's short-term money. That's short-lived. There's no guarantee you're going to play for 10 years. There's no guarantee you're going to win a championship. A lot of things would have to happen, correct? You'd have to have the team to pick you, like the Golden State Warriors, like the Milwaukee Bucks, like the Denver Nuggets, and you have a fighting chance of winning the ring. But it's not about the ring. At least I'll say it like this. It should not be just about the ring. It should be about structure if you're looking to play in the NBA for longer than just five years. The NBA in the next 10 years is going to become a farce of a sport because we're not going to know who these people are outside of people that we may see from different countries respected countries that have talented professional players to come over here and play in the NBA. We're not going to know a soul right here in our own country because the level of talent will be that high that we're going to know they're going to right into the NBA draft. They're going to be selected. And we're going to know somewhat of what these people are based on what they did in their own countries. As far as what goes on in this country, United States of America, 
we're not going to know exactly who these players are. We might not even care to know who these players are. Because all we're going to want to see is what? Championships. All we're mesmerized by are championships. The only thing that we can be concerned about right now, outside of MVPs, championships. But to get a championship, you have to experience being in a championship. Michael Jordan was experienced in being in a championship in college. You look at Jason Tatum today, and it's not to knock or discount Jason Tatum either. He played a year at Duke. Was he better prepared in the NBA Finals or even the Conference Finals this past year to take his team to win a championship? A lot of it stems on the talent that he provides for his team. A lot of that talent, of course, comes from the time he spent in the gym, perhaps with family. But he didn't stay in Duke long enough to perhaps know more about the nature of things, to, to know what it felt to be successful on a winning program, to be able to win a championship, to say, hey, I know what I'm going to do for this team. I know what I need to say to make sure these guys respond. So you're lacking leadership, too. A lot of that you can learn in college. You think of Tim Duncan. People don't say much about Tim Duncan. Oh, well, well you know, we about to look him up too in Google. Tim Duncan won five championships. And even though he didn't win a championship at Wake Forest, it's the fact he spent three years, perhaps even four years, at Wake Forest to later become a champion with the San Antonio Spurs. This message may not necessarily go out to people of my demographic. This is more education for the younger demographic out there that is just now experiencing life. Shout out to all the graduates, high school graduates, ready to take that big leap into stardom, ready to take that big leap into the world called life. Whether you decide to go to college or not, it's what we do from this point on that we have to better educate ourselves for the future. There is no guarantee that if you go into the NBA, even if you're selected in the draft, that you'll be successful. The last three MVPs of the finals didn't go to Duke, didn't go to Arizona, didn't go to UCLA, North Carolina, so forth. Most of these guys came from overseas. This is the new direction of the NBA as we see it. Because when it's all said and done, we're not looking for the next young man to come out of the high school or G League to be able to give us basketball. We want experience. We want structure. We want a man that can lead our team to becoming victorious and thus win a championship. So says the commission. You have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. Again, this is not an indictment on the families that are raising these young men to go into the pros. For many of us, it's what's needed financially to help our families grow. Just so that we can be in a direction that we're not struggling anymore. And I completely understand it and I commend those young men. But understand that your life does not stop once you hit the NBA. And considering the fact that we're maybe, what, 18, 19 years old, once we are experienced by the lifestyle 
of professional basketball that it comes with more sacrifice. There should be more young men willing to go back to college or just go to college first. Spend a few years playing college basketball. It will not kill you. There are coaches out there that are dying to coach the next Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, men that have dedicated their time and life into college to prepare themselves for this. The Steph Currys of the world, Tim Duncans of the world, as I mentioned. There's no harm in that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, maybe it'll take a little bit more time, but it makes you a more refined player when it's time for you to go into the NBA. You become a household name because we knew what you did in college. We knew how successful you were. We saw you win a championship, perhaps. And now we know what you can do in the big leagues. That's the American tradition here. That's what the NBA is truly all about. This is what it needs to be again. We can have international players come and play there. That's fine. But this draft coming up, I don't know a soul. I don't even know where these guys play college at. Whether they were in the the championship round and the the NCAA tournament or what have you. Whether they even made the tournament. Who are these guys? Are they going to be successful? Will they be successful? Are they experienced enough to go out there and play big-time NBA basketball. The commission's going to sit here and tell you right now, I don't see it. Five years from now, we're going to have this discussion again because we're just going to throw more young men in there that we don't know from the G League to go out there and try to play big dog basketball in the NBA. So says the commission. Again, the NBA draft takes part Thursday night. So when you hear this message... Sorry, when you hear this episode, the draft might have already been established. But I wish all the young men going into the draft the best of their careers. I would like to see them go beyond just a few years in the NBA. Let's we'll have to wait and see on that. I'll end this episode by talking about Mr. Zion Williamson. I find it fascinating that the Pelicans, shout out to the New Orleans Pelicans. Are deciding we should keep them, get rid of them. <laughs> if you listen to any of my episodes on basketball or on Zion Williamson himself, I already told you guys what you need to do. Don't contemplate on this much more than what you need to. And I'm not saying you need to get rid of this man today, but just think about what you're talking about long term. Because when you pick this young man number one overall in the draft, you're not just picking up for just a few years. You want to see you want to see this man grow over the span of ten years at least. At least you want to see to that Zion Williamson at least gets about eight to ten years of playing with this organization to give us a chance to win a championship. Can that happen? Will it happen? Pelicans are saying, you know what? This may not be the best thing to do for him. I don't know if it's the best for this organization. The Pelicans need to grow without a Zion Williamson. Does it make sense to keep him? Of course it does. Can we trust that he'll be healthy enough to play more than just 50 games in the upcoming season? I gotta say no. The commission's only saying no because a lot would have to change with Zion first. Zion has to be knowledgeable of what he needs to do to better condition himself 
for the NBA. And that's not just him. There's other basketball players out there that are going through what Zion is going through, but no one was picked number one overall in the 2019 draft, but Zion Williams. It's only important because of the fact that this organization is going to make a critical move on a player that they probably would not be able to use. Zion's a good player. Yes, box office, somebody called him. But if you always heard and you can't play in the playoffs, what will be your role on this team? What will you be able to contribute for any team if you can't be healthy enough to play more than just 50 games of basketball? See, I don't want to just down Zion because of the fact he's never healthy. It's the fact that he has to find another way to be healthy. He has to find somebody willing enough to give a you-know-what about how this young man can somehow shut off some of those pounds to be explosive and to last longer than just 40 or 50 games. Can the Pelicans do something like that? And they haven't done it yet. It's been, what, four seasons? What exactly are we trying to do? So says the commission. If you listen to the Kneel Down podcast, I want to thank those who listen to my show. It means that much to me. Damian Lillard may be going on another team at some point, you know, but I don't want to harp so much on that. I don't know which team is going to take the time out to sign Damian Lillard. And I'm dying to hear which team is willing to take a chance with him. Bradley Beal goes to Phoenix. Who saw that coming? On top of what? The Phoenix Suns are doing with this team. How does this team improve with another shooter on the team? Now you're going to be depleted. You're not going to have enough money to be able to create whatever bench you want for this team or any type of skillful players that can at least give you some points off the bench. This is why basketball is in such a conundrum right now. It really is. Because outside of what we're trying to do, and I'm saying we collectively, because I'm talking for the NBA for just a moment, for what we're trying to do to establish these men on a professional level, on a team that can be helpful, we are really taking huge risks now because we can't rely on the young people coming into the NBA draft. They're not ready. This goes back to my argument earlier. They're just not ready for what we're looking for for these players. So we got to take chances with Bradley Beal to be on this team, make him a super team. But now we're super broke. What can we do about that? Damian Lillard's going to be a good piece somewhere. Chris Paul, for that matter, as well. What are we willing to do to pay for these guys? Chris Paul may be taking the veterans minimum. Oh my gosh, we're going that route? This man might not even be getting paid to play basketball anymore. I mean, he will, but it won't be millions of dollars. Maybe that's something that the young professional players need to see. As big and as bad as Chris Paul was in his heyday, even after so many years in the NBA, you too can end up like him. Well-respected, but only getting the veterans minimum? Really? Wow. It leaves a lot to be desired. So says the commission. Thank you guys again. 
I'm going to be out of here. I hope everybody enjoys this time away from the NBA. I hope you guys can enjoy the NBA draft to a degree. I don't know what's going to be spectacular about that. It won't go, ain't going to be no cheerleaders going on. Ain't going to be no band or nothing like that. Just a bunch of people in the room sitting there waiting for the name to be called. I get it. I know they're competing with the NFL. I get that too. But there is a level of excitement that comes with seeing these young men selected with their families being present going into the NBA. That, to me, is a big deal. There should be moments where you can see these young men with their families at a time of excitement and elation, success. And they deserve that. Even for that night, they deserve to be recognized for their hard work. And I'm not taking that away from them at all. I wish them all the best as they transition to the NBA. We'll talk more about it again on the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm out of here like last year. As I normally say, peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated when you can.